gentlemen the epl boys we are back in town as always my name is matt followed up by my best pal my friend through the interweb jd jd it was a good weekend well for some people it was a good weekend it it was a fun weekend fun weekend of games um i did absolutely nothing i i laid in bed all day both days um just getting up to pee and and occasionally get food uh just watching games because saturday was i mean saturday was great just great Premier League games and the philly union played and then sunday just watching football all day oh it was just fantastic couldn't ask for a better weekend honestly just the the prime example of a lazy weekend i love it um i do need to i think i need to get back on the golf course it's been a couple weeks i should have done that this weekend i really i had the time and i didn't but um some big things happening for my life, though. Uh, tomorrow, when anybody's listening to this, I may have a life-changing event happening. In, for, for, in a good way. Like, I am going to be very, very happy, hopefully, on our Friday episode. And I'll let you guys know about that. So JD for I'll, I'll leak the news. JD is no, getting don't. the ass implants. Yeah, JD is getting the ass Come implants. On. We all know he's really wanted. Our Come GoFundMe on, finally gave us enough money where JD's ass implants. We're gonna get him through it, guys. I can't wait to see JD's plump ass on Friday's episode. <laughs> I always I always find it really funny that that's a thing. Like ass implants. Like yeah, like, I mean literally. I I, I don't know. I just I I hear People trends. People like that dump truck. I, I but how do you think Pixar does good. it? How do you but think it Pixar doesn't does? look good? What do you t- have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like a Pixar no. mother? Oh well, that's that is a definitely different podcast. Come on, if we're gonna start, ta- if we're gonna start on, talking Mrs. about how Mrs. Pixar. Incredible. Come no, on, this no, is incredible. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not touching this one with a twenty foot pole. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the weekend, we had some very good games here in the English Premier League, as well in the MLS. Maybe we'll talk about that. Let's see if we have enough time. But guys, we are going to start off with what should have been, and I say it in every sense of the word, should have been the game of the week. But just like last year, it seems like it's a very common trend. When the two biggest teams meet up, nothing happens. Manchester City won, Chelsea nothing. A goal from Gabriel Jesus, an actually very good goal from Gabriel Jesus, I might add. But Manchester City seemed to have owned every little bit of this ball. I mean, everything. I mean, it just, it wasn't fair. JD, Chelsea didn't record a shot on target. My goodness, I understand Tuchel is very big on defensive-minded football. Five guys in the back, hit on the counter, but like at no point during this game did Chelsea look like they were going at it. Now, when you're 
a team that's expected to make a, you know, Premier League title run, you shouldn't be afraid to play the bigger teams. Manchester United got a lot of shit for it last year because when a bigger team came to town, they just made sure they didn't care if they scored the goal. They just made sure that they didn't concede the goal. Well, you can't do that really against Manchester City. Honestly, what did what did you learn from this game, JD? I would think is the number one thing I'm going to say. And does this look really good for Manchester City or does this actually look very poor for Chelsea? I mean, what I learned from this game is that Chelsea, they they looked on paper and said, okay, it's Manchester City, let's play conservative. Which is not a bad tactic if you're the bottom half of the table. I, you, you like Chelsea Football Club should not be approaching this game this way. They should be on the front foot because Manchester City... They're still a great team, but they they are not as good as they were last year, to be honest. I this this could have been a very good opportunity for Chelsea to to really make a statement win or just a result. And they did nothing. I mean, City didn't even do that well. I they didn't really play that well. It it took a crazy goal for, from Gabriel Jesus, which it's it's kind of cool, I guess, to say like, okay. Like, a massively deflected goal, but you know what? He kind of deserves it for what he did for it. I, other than that, I, not much. Not not much to really take out of this other than Chelsea just being super conservative and City just not really creating that much, I to, to be honest. Now, uh, and the I guess the follow-up to the question that I was, I was asking you was, I mean, who did we learn more from today? Did we learn more from Manchester City making sure to remind the rest of the Premier League, hey, don't count us out? Or did we learn from Chelsea that when they're going up against a bigger opponent, they would just rather not concede the goal than score the goal? Yeah, definitely Chelsea in that sense. I, I mean, they they just they need to not approach any game the way they did on Saturday. I it, it's they they have the players. They they have too good of players to to approach a game that conservatively, even if it is Manchester City. They they need to be on the front foot here, and then they just were not. So I I think that's that's the biggest takeaway. I I I guess the only takeaway. I mean, I'm looking at this from the opposite side. I guess like the only takeaway I would say if you're Manchester City is. I mean, your defense played incredible. Not allowing Chelsea to really have any buildup whatsoever was absolutely, like, it was pretty impressive to watch because Chelsea usually just just out-muscle any opponent when it comes to hitting on that counterattack. And honestly, Chelsea, this is going to be a tough one. I would have guessed they would have probably not have started Timo Werner because they would have saved some energy and legs. They have Juventus during the week in Champions League. So talk about going from to from tough opponent to tough opponent. Um, I just feel like watching this Manchester City side, if they are getting like, because honestly, there was a lot of interesting things watching this City uh, team. Seeing the fact that Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne were both sitting there, both kind of jumping in and out of that false nine position, really confusing and really stretching that Chelsea side. I don't know how Pep does it, but he does it. And honestly, again, this is what we get. This is what every single one of us get. The fans, you and I, we all guessed wrong in this game. And honestly, I think that's just shame on us because we 
we did not give Pep and that Manchester City team the credit they deserve. Now, from joy from one side of Manchester to absolute disappointment on the other. Aston Villa won, Manchester United nothing. Manchester United were absolutely horrendous in this game. Every single player, including Cristiano Ronaldo, was a passenger outside of Bruno. Now, it's a shame because, of course, Bruno missing the opportunity to tie the game in the late minutes of this game with a penalty. I just, again, this is just me from a Manchester United perspective. The team played like shit. There was no there was no game plan. There was just basically like go out there and do it. And honestly, I feel like now the conversation's becoming a little bit more blunt and it's 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 hard to hide. Ollie, I feel, has reached the end of what he can do with this current squad. I really do. Um, I felt like he has definitely taken the culture of this team, completely flipped it. He's gotten rid of, like I've said in the past, he's gotten rid of dead wood. He's brought in a lot better talent. And the team is now built for success in the now and in the near future. But... JD, I'll be honest with you. I am now officially, again, and I'll never say out. I'm not a big fan of, like, you know, hearing the Ollie outs and all this stuff. You, Bruce Arena. I don't want to talk about another man's job. But I feel like, at least from a neutral perspective, and I try my best so hard to look at every single Premier League team from a neutral perspective, I feel Ollie has officially done everything he can do and now it's time for Manchester United to go out and get the big time manager to see this project over the line yeah I mean I've been saying that for years at this point um I would like Manchester United however to keep Ollie uh for as long as they can um because you know he makes lifetime contracts yeah he, he makes statement signings and man they just at the end of it, they just don't do anything. And I, I love it. I love it. I just absolutely love it. This game was great. Um, Going to come out my unbiased opinion. Uh, this game was just fantastic. A fantastic result. Uh, no. well, uh, the, United well, looked for, like shit. Well, they did look like shit. Yeah. But. I mean, for, for the neutral, this is a game you kill for. Because this, I'm not saying David versus Goliath. That's giving a lot of unfair slander at Aston Villa. Aston yes, Villa can be a Aston Villa can be a very good side, and for huge chunks of this game, Aston Villa were much the better team. Other big things to think about going into this, uh, going like from this result is Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire both were unable to finish the game, both able to walk off, but unable to finish the game. Now they have Villarreal over the week, so it's going to be interesting interesting to see if those guys are in the lineup at all because those two are just as important as any other player on this team um when watching the goal from Aston Villa it was a late header off of a corner now the big controversy now going around the internet is photos of Ollie Watkins boxing out David De Gea in an offsides position now if you guys remember from our past week's episode Harvey Barnes got two Leicester City goals taken off the board because he was boxing out the goalie in an offsides position. This wasn't even reviewed. Like, this wasn't even talked about. This wasn't discussed until after the game was over. And it's just, this is another one of those things where 
I'm not... It's hard to say I'm not upset with the call because Manchester United didn't deserve anything from this game anyway. I'm not going to sit here and do what Ollie's doing. I'm not a fan of what Ollie is doing as a manager. Like, hey, Ollie, how did you think the game went today? And then he immediately starts attacking how he didn't get a call he wanted. You can't do like that. Your team did not play well. At no point am I saying Manchester United deserved to walk away from this game with any points. Honestly, I think the scoreline is fair. Like, honestly, watching this game... Aston Villa deserved to win. They didn't deserve to blow anyone out, but they deserved to win. But, uh, JD, this now goes back to the conversation we've been having. Inconsistency in the English Premier League. This was an easy call to make. And we have VAR, we have a thousand camera angles, and we're supposed to have competent, com competent people watching these highlights. What is it going to take? Like, what is it going to take where there's just a line, a standard? Hey, do this, don't do that. Look, I, I'm not disagreeing that that it's very inconsistent calls, but I'll be completely honest. I didn't watch this game because it was on at the same time as other games I was watching. I, I didn't hear about this controversy until 10 minutes ago when you brought it up. Like before we start recording, I, I'm just and, and what I mean is no, I my no. ear is to the ground on stuff like this, and I have I didn't hear anything about it. Like and I, and, and that's and that's the problem I'm having here is it, it's amazing that because here's the thing if this was reviewed, people would be talking about it. But the fact that during the game it didn't look right, after the game it definitely didn't look right, and now when you're looking all over social media, you're less. I listen to on Monday is a big soccer podcast day for me, I, and now everyone can't stop talking about it. How look at I've this heard call? Nothing about look at the yeah. I've heard look at this about call. It. Yeah, I've heard I've heard six different soccer podcasts today talk about this. This is a bit. This is a big thing, and. We'll get a we'll get something in the like in the news tomorrow, like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. The Premier League's gonna go. We reviewed it. Yeah, it should have been a foul. Okay, cool. That helps me. Not they don't right they don't now. do that so, that often. Yeah. they don't do that that often. So I I don't I, think I just, that's gonna happen. <laughs> I I just I sit here and I'm just very much just like there has to be a standard. Like this was called twice in the same game last week. For it to not be called in this game, it to not even be looked at in this game, I just feel like that's a problem. Um, I Quick, last, last, last thing. JD, Cristiano Ronaldo's taking the penalties from now on, right? Look, I, I've said it for weeks. I, I was so ready to see the first... This was their first penalty since Ronaldo, right? Yep, yeah. this is the first I, one. I, I would say that's... Okay, that's what I thought. I, I've been saying it for weeks. I, I cannot wait until the first penalty and just seeing what happens. And oh my God, I am just I over the moon with the with the result. And not not just the fact that not just the fact that Bruno missed it badly. I mean really badly. Yeah, he but, oh it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> also, Emiliano Martinez just the shit housery. Before the penalty, he's in the yeah. video. You can see him just he's pointing at Ronaldo, out, he's, like, yeah, "Why yeah. isn't Ronaldo taking this?" <laughs> well, so and honestly, funny. I and honestly, I'm. I was really. In, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why Bruno took it. Bruno was the guy before sure. Cristiano Ronaldo got sure. here. I understand it, but I, I just something that just is like usually Bruno is. I mean, honestly, Bruno has to be one of the better penalty kick takers in the world 
we play like the world of soccer right now. Honestly, it on most most people. Well, that's what I'm saying. Most people would have put the paycheck on Bruno to finish that late in the game. So I just I find it interesting that pot like I I wonder if Cristiano being there put additional pressure on Bruno. But at the same time, then that's not acceptable. So I, I look at it that I think probably the next time Manchester United get a penalty, I have to, I have to assume that Cristiano's taking it. Um, the only thing I'm just hoping that doesn't happen is that because Man United had a problem a few years ago before Bruno where. Rashford would take one, then Pogba would take one, then someone else would take one. And it's like, well, you just don't have a consistent penalty taker, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Honestly, just like having a, a solid number one, you should have a solid number one penalty kick taker. So, I don't know. This is just something that I guess we're going to have to see. Uh, again, interesting to see. Uh, United are on a little bit of a slide, and they have Villarreal over the midweek, so that would... That will be interesting. Funny enough, the team that Manchester United will be playing next weekend, Everton 2, New Ca uh, Norwich City, nothing. Um, I really don't feel like we need to talk about this game a lot. I mean, some good goals from Everton, you know, a well-awarded penalty, VAR getting it right this time. Um, I don't know. I mean, JD, I'll hand this off to you. I have no faith in Norwich doing anything zero none yeah I mean I it, it, it didn't take long this season for me to have no faith in Norwich City I mean Everton they're just beating a dead team at this point I I don't know what else they could do they Norwich have brought in players they've lost players but they brought in players I mean Ozan Kabak that that seemed like a decent signing I, he, he that's a really bad penalty to give I it, it's 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 not it's not great i i don't know i i don't know i think liverpool may have dodged a bullet on that one i mean this well, is off of just one game but not that he, not that he would be starting yeah. but i oh, i don't know that's a, that that's 100 percent actually the question i wanted to ask you a liverpool fan uh, oh I, geez you guys definitely dodged something because i think we've made the joke what was the buyout clause of like 18 million dollars it was like or 18 though no, yeah that's and the fact that you guys took that, just doubled it, and spend it on uh, Kanate—that's that's good I mean, business. That's but here's the thing: K Kabak wasn't going to start for Liverpool. Like, he, there's no way no, he was getting a game no at this point for no Liverpool because Kanate isn't even. I mean, Kanate isn't even playing. I, I think he's played one game, uh, and I—it uh, was the cup game, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I know he played once, and and he kept a clean sheet, so that that was cool. But I. Everton here, look, you get a right penalty call, score a penalty, cool. Decore, great goal. I mean, just good goal, good run yeah. from midfield. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. Norwich. It's Norwich, though. I Honestly, you should be beating them more than 2-0. So I, I, there's not really much to take away. This is an expected no. result. I I can't really I just, talk much more. And, and honestly, things that are just really, really annoying me. And I think I've brought this up on previous podcasts where, man, being a Norwich fan, watching every other team go up and want to compete to stay up, and then you guys just consistently go up to go back down, to go up, to go back down. And I understand that, like, 
I'm just surprised that I don't feel like the Norwich crowd is angry. You watch these, you watch these guys play. You watch their fans. They almost just look happy to be here. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. I, I really, I enjoy when you see teams come up. I mean, honestly, Brentford, Watford, they're giving teams run for their monies. And honestly, it's a shame. It's a shame that Norwich are like this. But I, I will continue. But I have a gut feeling like Norwich will continue to not be good. West Ham 2, Leeds 1. A Mikel Antonio 90th minute goal off of a horrific defensive error gives West Ham the 2-1 lead. Uh, outside of Millier possibly having a concussion from a Mikel Antonio forearm, good God, the fact that he got back up is pretty impressive. Um, you know, Rafinha, another amazing goal. I mean, honestly, a very unlucky own goal to give, you know, to give West Ham that edge. But, JD, I, I'll I'll leave it up to you. But I almost want to ask you the Leeds question because you are such a Leeds supporter. What is not working for Leeds? These are the games Leeds would have grinded out last year. Are these players just burnt? No, they're just they're just they're holding the ball too much. They're trying to play, like controlling football and that is not what they're good at I, I i can't say it any more times like they they should not have more possession than any other team that they're playing against that is not what they're good at they're good at controlling the way the other team play plays around them and then hitting hitting on the fast break i it, it is the only with, with these players that's how they should be playing and honestly that's how the, the Rafinha goal happened I mean that was a quick break Rafinha coming in off the right and just a great ball into him and it's just a great goal the the own goal what can you say I I mean it's it's a part of the sport Junior Firpo I I don't think he can take anything bad like negatively against that because what is oh he, no what absolutely not what the fuck is he supposed yeah. to do like I Jared Bowen celebrating in the way he did, like, come on, bro. Like, you, you know, you know that's not your goal. Like, you know for a fact that's not your goal. <laughs> and then Mikel Antonio, he's inevitable. Yeah, just he, uh, he's honestly. Inevitable. And and we've made it. And that's something I wanted to talk about with West Ham. West Ham, and again, we, I I've said it. JD has said it. We've, I mean, honestly, you've said it at home. If Mikel Antonio stays healthy, West Ham can do anything. I can 100% agree with the fact that if Mikel Antonio was available to go up against Manchester United last week, that scoreline would have been different. It's he, as long as he can stay healthy, David Moyes has built the perfect system around him, the perfect ball of energy where everything around it just works. West Ham are going to make another run again, boys and girls. And they've already started off really well in the Europa League. So it is... Uh, West Ham are going to be fun. Honestly, for a neutral fan like myself, for someone who has nothing invested in any London club whatsoever, West Ham is a fun team to watch. There's interesting storylines brewing. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I watch this West Ham side and I'm just, it, it, it warms my heart. The fact that I think, what, only two years ago, this team was fighting off relegation. So it only shows when you invest in the right coaches and the right people, good things will happen. So uh, in that case, we're going to move on. We're going to go from a good story to a not so good story. Leicester City 2, Burnley 2. I mean, 
This game, Burnley almost won. Honestly, uh, a hat trick for Jamie Vardy. Unfortunately, one of his goals was an own goal. Um, which, by the way, still a beautiful freaking header, I might add. To make that rush off the near post, that was... What a header. Casper Schmeichel, no chance whatsoever. Um, bad part is it was his own team. Um, Burnley did not... Burnley looked good, JD. I can't believe I'm going to say it. And honestly, I feel like Burnley might be a little bit hard done because a called-off goal in the 90th minute, 90 minutes plus four, this would have been the final kick of the game. And Chris Woods might have been off by a couple centimeters. In a world where VAR didn't exist, Burnley are going to go home with all three points. What is going on with Leicester City Football Club? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're just, uh, they're, they're just relying on Jamie Vardy at this point, good, good and bad. And I, I, they need, they need something to shake it up. They, they need somebody to come in in January, like a, a new player. I don't know whether it's an attacker or a midfielder. They just need, they need something to just freshen things up because they're just going through the motions at this point. I, I, I honestly I, I couldn't tell you what they need but they need something and Burnley god fucking damn it just stop just just stop stop signing people like fucking Maxwell Cornet where this is he's gonna score two goals this season but everybody's gonna remember like oh we had that crazy volley on his first start against Leicester and then that's what's gonna fucking keep them in the league I hate it I hate it so much I mean just, Let's be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It was a good finish. But yeah. Yes. Uh, honestly. I, yes, it was. But, but So let's just, here, you know, let's, let me ask you something. Burnley always find a way to stay up. They always do. Since coming into the league, they have found a way to fight off relegation. So I'm going to put a, a scenario or two for you. Or not a scenario or two. Basically, uh, it's in either a one or the other. Burnley are in 19th right now. Now, again, it's very early in the season. Rankings don't mean shit. Leicester are in 13th. What is more likely to happen? Burnley to stay up or Leicester to not qualify for Europe, European football? I mean, at this point, probably Leicester not qualifying for European football because you have to talk about Aston Villa and West Ham right now. And fuck it, Brighton at this point. Like, if we're going to go off right now, Brighton My look God. in a better shape to qualify for Europe than Leicester City do. So I, I would go with Leicester City not qualifying for Europe. My God. What what world do we live in where that's the topic at hand? But Fucking Brighton. Uh, we're, 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 we're going to move on. Uh, 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 one goal apiece draw for Watford and Newcastle. Goals from Matty Longstaff. And, you know, hey, we talked about him last week. Ismail Asar. This guy is a right place, right time kind of guy. He's my kind of winger. And I'm telling you right now, I'm very surprised, like I keep saying, that he's still on Watford. Um, this game is basically right down. You just, I don't know. I, JD, you and I did call this. We both said that this game was a draw. But I looked at this game, and this game was exactly as advertised. Newcastle looked good on the break. 
Wofford looked good in possession. Each team got a goal. Everyone went home happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Watford do did have one goal called off because of offsides. But I, I feel like this was a fair scoreline. Uh, I really don't even have a question for this. I really don't. Like, usually I have a question for you where I'm like, hey, what do you think about X, Y, or Z? But in this game, I mean, JD, is there anything that you would take away from this contest? Um, I, I mean, I'd say Long, Sean Longstaff's goal was incredible. Oh, Sean. Sean, I thought it was his brother, Matty. No, not Matty. Uh, not the one that scored against United. Um, <laughs> uh, that's why I remember the name. That's definitely why I remember it. But no, Sean Longstaff, great goal. Uh, he's going to score probably none like no other goals this year maybe he'll score one more um but good goal cool uh it's not going to keep newcastle in any sort of position like him scoring uh and then watford is are great goal as well i i mean he's looked fantastic he'll probably be leaving in january or the summer um probably the summer honestly but uh watford have a history of of getting rid of players for a lot of money. Look at Richarlison. They, got, they, they milked Everton out of 50 million pounds for Richarlison. I, I just... Ismail Azar is a much better player, so I I don't know how much they're going to get for him, but... I wouldn't, I wouldn't... That's a stretch. I think Richarlison and Ismail Azar... I mean, they, they kind of play different positions, but I think... Richarlison's a punk r- bitch. All right, well, you have your opinions being on the other side of, you know... The it's not e- it's, Darby. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. He, he's 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 just a punk bitch, uh, in in general. Wherever right. he'd be he'd be playing right now, I I would think the same way. But other than that, there's not really much else to to take away from this game. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, just I mean, it, it's it's really crazy. Just you know, again, I know we're way too early in the season, and I should not be looking at you know, I shouldn't be looking at the league standings, but. Newcastle just being right above that relegation spot. I feel like that is where they are going to be for the majority of the year, but I still think they're going to fight it off. Um, Yeah, like I said, that game didn't have too, too much to talk about, but this game, this was the game of the week, boys and girls. I pray you watched the noon kickoff game on Saturday. Brentford 3, Liverpool 3, in a game where basically if you're a defender, I'd cover your eyes because this game might have been a horror show for you. But if you're a forward, you loved every last second of this game. JD, basically everyone scored. Everyone took a shot. Everybody scored. Everybody had a really good time. I just would like to say, I mean, Diego Jota, I'm now changing his name. It's not Diego Jota anymore. He's officially being called Nate Robinson. Because he's like five feet tall, but he gets higher than everyone else. I've never seen a guy have such success being so short, but so good in the air. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I it, 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 it seems at first it's like, oh man, why is he so good in the air? And then you watch the goals back and he just continues to score headed goals. His attack positioning on crosses is just unbelievable. He, he, he can just see, he, he's like watching the defender in front of him jump and he can tell whether or not that defender is going to get that ball. So he's ready for the, for the defender to miss it with his head. It's, it's incredible. He's like five foot five and he has so many fucking headed goals. Uh, And, and in, in the way Liverpool play where, you know, Robertson and Trent are whipping in balls. Sure. That makes his chances higher, 
because balls are coming in all the time. But still, I, I still, I, and it takes a good ball, but I, he's just an an, unbel- an unbelievable header of the ball. Like Jota scoring makes me happy. Salah getting his hundredth goal for Liverpool, great. And it was I, really I funny because they it was called offside was, at first, and yeah. then and then first look at it, we're like, all right, yeah, he's onside. And they got it right, but his reaction was pretty funny. And then Curtis Jones with a fucking rocket. God damn. I feel like I feel like someone here said Curtis Jones is going to have a breakout season, but it wasn't the Liverpool fan on this podcast. Hey man, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He he is a very good player. He he is he reminds me so much of Jordan Henderson in the sense that he controls the ball well. He has a, he has a really good IQ of the game. He he's good on the, like he's good on the ball. He can dribble well, and then he doesn't score. He doesn't. He's not an extraordinary extraordinary scorer of goals, but he only scores extraordinary goals. That's and and uh, and that's okay to have in a midfielder. That's okay like, to have yeah. a two goal a season goal scorer if they're gonna yeah. have assists, and then the two goals they score are fucking insane. Like, so base so basically it's like Niamni Modic where like he's gonna score one goal every two scores? years, but that one yeah, yeah. Uh, have you <laughs> never seen have I'm gonna send probably. you I'm gonna send I've you a YouTube compilation. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a YouTube compilation of all of Niamni Modic's goals. Because there's all only gold? like five of them. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he has only like five, but all five are from like thirty five yards out and they're all bangers. But um JD <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was so unfair that Mo Salah getting his 100th Premier League goal, uh, Premier League goal, like I felt like it kind of that was kind that kind of sucked that like it had to originally it was called offsides, then it was granted, and it's like eh, that kind of that kind of sucks because he deserves a big celebration. That's a very very yeah. massive milestone. Um, JD, we can't talk all about the good things here. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna of hit course. you with some. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some hard questions. You got, you know, and you got Andy Robinson, you got Trent Alexander-Arnold, you got Virgil van Dijk, you got Maltep, you ha- you got your guys. Those are your starting defenders. It's unacceptable to allow Brentford to score three goals on you. I mean, what what yeah. is different this what is different this year compared to when this lineup started only a few years ago where it seemed no one could score on Liverpool. It's it's the way Brentford approached this game. I mean, they they did not look. Liverpool were wasteful overall. They really were. Salah and Mane had so many opportunities, and I I I don't know how Salah didn't have a hat trick in this game. I I really don't understand it. It's it's like he got his one goal, but he should have had three or four. I Brentford just out. I mean, they they just outplayed Liverpool at, in the sense that it's Brentford versus Liverpool. If they get a three three draw, they they outplayed them. Like the first goal was a crazy set piece. I, 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 you just have to give respect to Brentford on that. I mean, that was just an amazingly worked set piece. I'm not even mad at that. It was just a beautiful play. And I, I'm trying to. I don't even remember the second goal. The third goal, uh, we, uh, Joanne with Wissa, Wissa. I don't know. I feel like Matt now. Um, I do not know how to pronounce that name, but. I, I remember that goal being just unfortunate to concede because I, I know Allison had saved it. There were it was in the box, it was bouncing around, and it was just kind of it just landed at the guy's feet, and he couldn't miss. Like I don't know, 
it's unfortunate, but you know what? I, I, I do admire the way Brentford approached the game. Not, not being as in like, oh, Liverpool, you know, are the unbelievably better than Brentford. Of course they should win this. It's more just the way Brentford played. I, I, I appreciated that because a lot of teams don't do that. A lot of teams will and, just sit yeah. back and just absorb pressure. So, and that's something I want. I wanted to discuss with you. I look at this Brentford side. I look at what Thomas Frank has done with this Brentford side. They're scrappy, and I'm not saying that to insult anyone. They are a scrappy bunch. But they work harder than any other team they're playing. So far, every single game I've watched Brentford, like, they don't stop. They just, they they are, if they don't get that first ball, they're always going to get the second ball. Like, it is, it's wonderful to see a team where when they came up, you could probably name maybe one, maybe two guys on the entire roster. I'll put this in perspective. Manchester United this weekend... They looked like unbothered. They turned it on with 10 minutes left in the game when they thought that they were going to lose. But for the first 80 minutes, they didn't do shit. With this Brentford side, you don't have that issue. Brentford will give the same energy in the first minute that they're going to give in the 90th minute. And honestly, I, it's, JD, it's ballsy as hell to think that you can just go at Liverpool. Like, like you yeah. said, a lot of smaller clubs would have sat back, hit on the counter, and just prayed that Mo Salah didn't put on his shooting boots today. Brentford did not do that today. Brentford flat out was like, I don't care how many goals you score. I'll score the same amount. I don't give a shit. And honestly, I absolutely applaud that effort. And honestly, that's what makes them such an exciting story. Their leads last year, and like we, we continue to make the comparison, they're Sheffield the year before. They're here, they're brand new, and they're not afraid of anyone. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Everything I I would have wanted to say, I I just I yeah I, it's a breath of fresh air and and I'm glad the last three seasons we've had a team come up from the championship and do this. I I hope it doesn't end like Sheffield, where they get relegated the season after. But no, this this is good and and like you said, yeah, Brentford coming in, you know, you could probably name one maybe two players. I could name two, and the only re- I could name Ivan Tony because he fucking scored thirty three goals in the championship last season, and Sergio Canos, and only because he was a former Liverpool academy guy. That's the only reason I, I and I remember hearing about him in the championship. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. So it yeah, it, overall, I mean, from the neutral standpoint, this is the game of the weekend of course this is the, oh, one yeah. of the games of the season if anything oh yeah i mean as a liverpool fan i'm a little sad because i mean liverpool should they should have won if they were if they were more clinical like they can be if salah doesn't fucking miss like two chances that he had and mane he just i don't know what's up with mane this season i i don't know but on a on a different day maybe liverpool wins this game but I honestly I can't be that mad. Liverpool top of the table right now. I'm happy. Yeah, we're gonna discuss the table as it sits right after we finish all the games, kind of seeing where teams are at. Uh, this next game, um, I JD, I don't feel like we need to give it too much attention. Uh, Southampton nothing. Wolves one. Um, the only story to take away from this entire game is Raúl Jiménez scoring his first goal since 
having the horrific head injury. Um, I was so happy. I, I again, I we don't. Th- this game was pretty boring. It really was. Um, very cagey. No one wanted to make a mistake, and it literally took just one amazing pass to completely unlock Raul Jimenez, and then he just ended up doing a couple fake, you know, the little fake, the hip shakes, and then put the ball in the back of the net. I'll tell you right now, watching this game, even though I wanted Southampton to win because that's who I picked in our picks challenge, I I was so happy that Raul Jimenez got his goal. I'm so happy he got his goal. I mean, again, that's the only thing I'm going to take away from this entire game. I really, I have nothing else to say. I mean, JD, if you have anything else you want to add, you're... You are more than welcome to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Southampton are pretty shit, and Wolves are also pretty shit. But yeah, Raul Jimenez, great goal. Happy to see him on the score sheet again. But yeah, nothing else. <laughs> Southampton yeah. fucking suck. <laughs> so we are going to move on now to the afternoon game on Sunday. North London Derby doesn't get much bigger than Arsenal and Spurs. Now, before yes, it does. going into the, <laughs> what are you, t- what before, are you, what are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> before this game, JD and I talked massive fucking shit about how bad this game was going to be. This game was going to be boring. Both teams are going to suck. Well, JD, I I have zero problem admitting when I'm wrong, especially when I talk about sports. This game was awesome. Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1? I mean, my goodness. I I made this comparison and I was talking with a couple of my Arsenal friends. Spurs, are, was were Spurs that bad? Because I swear to God, looking at this Arsenal side, I felt like I was watching prime Barcelona. I Some of the build-up play was absolutely beautiful. I, I, honestly, JD, I open the floor to you because honestly, we can go in a ton of different directions here. I mean, watching this game, what's the bigger takeaway? Arsenal or Tottenham? I mean, equally, but uh, equally Arsenal somehow getting re- a, a crazy result like this and then Tottenham just just having no control over their own penalty box. I uh, all all three goals just awful, awful defending in, in the penalty box. And, and, and yes, there's good build-up play, but it comes down to just the defending, just in the box. I It, it was so bad. My The funniest thing I got from this was, did you see the picture of Aubameyang celebrating his goal? Prime on Ray with no. the man himself being in the building. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that. It's the way he he did the knee slide, and there's a oh, still and, image, and it shows it shows the marks his knee made, and then there's another mark like in between, yeah, and it it's like, and just the caption is like, dirty, "Holy shit, Aubameyang's mi- cock is huge." <laughs> yeah, dirty, dirty mind, dirty mind. I'm I just my, I died. I I'm died my ears. at that picture. I'm it washing my so- ears clean. It was so perfect. No, it was just so perfect. Because, like, look, I'm, I am not Aubameyang's biggest fan, especially this this season. I don't think he's really that good anymore. But, oh, my God, that just made me smile so much at Aubameyang. <laughs> that was just, that was great. Yeah, and Thierry Henry was, was there, and that was his type of goal. So that was cool. I mean, all three Arsenal goals were great. I They, they were. I just, I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't think, didn't create them themselves just tottenham fucking blew it in this game 
I mean, yeah, Sun gets a late goal, but I, they fucked up. They really fucked yeah, up. Yeah, no. Um, I think Spurs lost this game in the midfield. Um, Thomas Partey and Xhaka, up until his leg injury, I'm really hoping he comes back, you know, 100%, because that looks like a pretty bad injury. Um, I, I, they bossed the midfield. Tottenham weren't allowed to start anything, and they couldn't stop anything. I mean, Hoiberg tried to prevent, like, build-up play, but, you know, just... I don't get this Spurs side, man. Spurs side, man. I really, really don't, because, like, to start the season, it looked like they were committed to the game plan. They were really excited. I mean, the biggest takeaway, three weeks into the season... Tottenham were first in the league. Arsenal were almost in last. Right now, just three weeks later from that, Arsenal are above Tottenham on the table. What a time to be fucking alive. If you're Arsenal, just celebrate. This entire week, just keep the smile on your face where every single piece of Arsenal memorabilia you have, you guys earn this. This might have been the game that saves Arteta his job for just a few more weeks. I'm not saying save it in its entirety, but I'm talking he took winning this game takes a huge, huge amount of weight off of his back because it's a feel-good factor. Yeah, Like, honestly, I'll use this as a prime example. Prime example. And we can reflect on it because it's happening in my life right now. The New York Red Bull are having a horrible year, an absolutely horrible year. We had to play Manchester, uh, not Manchester, we had to play NYCFC, one of our biggest rivals, back-to-back games on a Wednesday and a Saturday because one of the games got rained out and we had to move the date. It was expected that we were going to lose both games. Not only did the Red Bull get a late draw at home, but they beat NYCFC on the road. Everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid now for Red Bull fans. Are you joking? It's amazing that not just a week ago, fans were physically trying to choke each other out because of how upset things are going, how bad things are going, and everyone's trying to blame a different thing. Are you joking right now? The Red Bull fans are all sitting here freaking hugging and kissing each other, not knowing what COVID is after those results. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. This is a feel-good factor. This is a momentum builder. I said this when we had Kevin Pettit on the episode. If you're an Arsenal fan, these are the games you got to build momentum. Now, I, this, I mean, honestly, think about it. Sun's late goal was the first goal they gave up in almost three full games. That's pretty impressive. I get it. Not the greatest opponents, but keeping clean sheets and not, not you're going to win more games when you don't give goal, give up goals. I get it. Easy fucking thing to say. But if you're Arsenal, keep it fucking going keep it going guys like this team has every ability to be as good as advertised so do it and honestly with Arteta it's clearly a a slow building plan but I I don't know JD before we wrap wrap up this game what final thoughts I mean just big wang Obama Yang and uh, Arsenal it's the hope that kills you Oh, I'll be the first. I think I'm going to get that tattooed on my chest. What, Don't Big Wang Yang or the hope that kills you? It's the hope that kills you. I'm going to get Big Wang Obama Yang tat- tattooed right above my ass. I need a tramp stamp. Um, 
Yeah, if you're Spurs, um, I'm not gonna kick a man when they're down. I'm not. Um, oh, I, Harry I Kane does. Harry Kane <laughs> does not want to be there. It is clear to see. I think he's had a total of ten touches in the opponent's box while not having like a good shot on target. Um, he's clearly just completely disconnected from Hyungming Sun. I mean, they don't look like they're anywhere near on the same page that they were last year, and it's pretty. It's depressing. It's very depressing to see because Harry Kane had good Euros. Like, he actually was very much involved in everything England was doing. So, it's not like this guy is far off the talent that he was producing in Europe. You feel like he should have actually come in and done well, but I don't know. I just... It's like he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> it's He does... And honestly, I just... I think Nuno still needs time. I don't. I don't, I want. I do not want to hear any of this fucking bullshit that oh Nuno's on the hot seat. Trust me. Even after this result, there are other coaches in the Premier League who are in a much worse position than he is at the moment, and he just needs time. But yeah, I if you're Tottenham, you need to figure out that Harry Kane situation like now. Like either sell him in January. Go get your $100 million, $150 million, whatever the fuck you want. Just be open to selling him. I think that's all Harry Kane wants is the fact that, you know, what he's asking for is getting honored, and I think that that just comes down to respect. So we're going to move on to the final game of the weekend. It was, you know, took a late finish to get this result. Crystal Palace won, Brighton won. If Brighton won this game, they would have been top of the Premier League going into the week. A Wilfred Zaha penalty in the 45th minute and a Malpe 95th minute goal. 95 minutes at five minutes of added time. An absolute goalie blunder. One amazing pass from the midfield and a chip that would have made any FIFA striker proud. JD, are Brighton legit? Only question I'm going to ask you about this. Are Brighton legit? No. No. They 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 played an extremely even game with fucking Crystal Palace. And got... I mean, I'm going to say they got lucky. I mean, it took a lot for them to score that goal at the end. And it was it was a great goal. Like, don't get me wrong. Neil, Neil Mope, fucking fantastic goal. But goddamn, they are not the real deal. Are you kidding me? They, they barely got a draw with fucking crystal palace come on i this game was as even as it gets and whenever you're whenever you say that about your team playing against crystal palace your team's not that good brighton have had a great start to the season but they cannot consistently put up these performances i they they just can't i i I mean in crystal palace i don't know look i didn't have high hopes for crystal palace at the beginning of the season i they'll probably stay up but there's going to be some some scary weekends towards the end of the season, I, I think, for them. Brighton will be fine, but they're not going to be pushing Europe or anything. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I don't know. I look at this Brighton side and... You know, we, I, I've given, I, again, hand in the air, I give Graham Potter more shit than probably anyone else does. And I just feel like it just because he gets all this hype for having a very average side. But this average side is finding ways to get results. Do I think Brighton are going to be in the top four race at the end of the season? Absolutely not. 
There's nothing on earth that would ever make me think that. But do I think that they can compete for a European spot? Maybe. Do you think I think they can make a run? Do you think, like, I'm just saying, like, I just look at it that, why not? There's a whole lot, like, a why not factor, but I feel like Brighton is one injury away from having the floor fall underneath them, and I don't know. For 90-plus minutes, Brighton were the second-best team in this contest, and they found a way to win, or they found a way to draw, which is what the bigger teams do. The bigger teams, even in games where they're not the best team on the field, find a way to win, or at least find a way to get a point, and they did that. They've been doing that, and honestly, we're going to, like I said, in a few minutes, we're going to discuss the Premier League table. They're out the top side of this table for a reason. Uh, Crystal Palace, you done gone Crystal Palace. You had this game, you had all three points, and literally a bad goalie pass from a bad midfield possession, literally within 10 seconds of a final whistle being blown, you blew it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, JD, before we wrap this up, is there anything you want to con- like conclude with this contest? No, not at all. I-, I will say it was a good penalty call for Chris Ballas. Oh, good, yeah. Good no, refereeing a, yeah. decision. Cool. Cool. I'm glad we... That's about I- I'm it. glad we... Yeah, I'm glad we had a few of those this week. So, um, all right. Well, guys, we are going to transition to the, you know, at least one of my favorite parts of our show. Of course, on Mondays, we have, of course, the Pepperbrooks MVPs. Now, guys, if you're listening to us again for the first time, thank you again for the listen. Our Pepperbrooks MVP, an ode to the greatest sports movie to ever be created ever dodgeball pepper books would give awesome color commentary some of his lines being very very good some of his lines being not so great i'm gonna take someone to that's rad so basically i'm going to do someone who did an absolutely incredible job without getting on the goal sheet or contributing an assist someone who put in an all-out 10 out of 10 performance without getting the credit they deserve jd is gonna send someone straight to Ouchtown. Someone who had a horrible blunder, a horrible game, and they need to be put in the spotlight for it. So I'm going to start this week, and funny enough, I'm going to start it with one of the first games of the week. Manchester City's Bernardo Silva. And the reason why I'm going to bring him up is because over the past year or so now, he is being considered as basically a Swiss army knife, being able to play multiple positions, but really hasn't contributed getting that starting spot with all the other talent Manchester City has. He has quietly had a very, very good year, and he put in an incredible performance against a very, very big Chelsea midfield, and he held his own, contributing in almost every build-up play that Manchester City had, as well as being able to rotate. He did an amazing job rotating with Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne switching in and out of that number nine role. He did a great job. And honestly, if you are getting this Bernardo Silva, let's not be like, again, let's not fool anyone here. Bernardo Silva, who might be the second or third best team on the Portugal nas- uh, player on the Portuguese national team, is a guy who's just on your bench. He, he's great, he's wonderful, and I'm jealous every single day that Manchester City have him. He is, again, and when he plays games like this, that's exactly why he's my Pepper Brooks MVP this week. Now, so JD, who is going straight to Ouchtown? Uh, I just, in the entire Norwich City team. 
The entire Oof. team. Entire second team. time I, this second time this year, an entire team's going to Ashtown. Yeah, I look. It started with Arsenal, and right now it's Norwich City. I I would love to continue saying Arsenal, but I just morally can't after this past weekend. But Norwich City, goddamn! Like I understand you're a championship quality team that's coming up, and you've been in this situation before. Yes, you've lost players, but you brought, in my opinion, quality players in on paper. In in Josh Sargent, Ozan Kabak. I fucking forget who else they brought in, but um, you kept Todd Cantwell, which I'm surprised he's still on that team. I I thought he would have gone to a bigger club by now. You lose uh, Buendia. Look, I just... What what is the point? What what is Norwich's point? Just continuously getting promoted and then just going straight back down. Matt, you were saying saying before... We started recording. It's that, frustrating. What, it's what, what it's are the, frustrating. What do the supporters see in it? What do the supporters see yeah, in it? it? It's frustrating. It's If I was a supporter of Norwich City, like, honestly, this should even actually speak more volumes. I'm not, I'm nowhere close to a Norwich City fan. I'm not even in the same zip code as these guys. Like, I'm just saying theoretically, not like saying on the standings. I'm just saying, like, in theory, I am the furthest thing from a Norwich City fan. And I just, it frustrates me. God, if I was a fan, I feel like I'd be putting my head through the wall every single day knowing, oh my God, Norwich is the team I choose to support. No, I, I just, look at the stats, like, look at the stats. Six matches played, six losses, two goals scored, 16 goals conceded. That That is just unacceptable. I From, from any professional standpoint, in, in the professional sport of, of, of soccer, I, I it is just Un- unbelievable uh, just relegate so, him now just don't just don't play the rest of your games i save yourself the fucking shame so really quickly uh the picks our picks challenge um as we always do we do our picks challenge on thursdays uh this was not a good week for anyone i'll be very honest with you um i won the weekend again back-to-back weekends i got three correct picks while JD and the fans got two. It was a very unpredictable weekend. Uh, and it was just as such. Uh, now leading the score, JD is still in first place with 29. Our fans with 28. And now I have 25. I am only now four away. I am just trying to inch my way closer back into this title race. So we're going to close up the episode Um Top six as it stands right now. Liverpool are in first place with 14 points. Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Everton, and Brighton all have 13 points. Damn, we got a good race ahead of us. Now I'm gonna oh, yeah. just jump to the I'm gonna jump to the bottom of the table. Um as it sits right now, Southampton are on four points, Newcastle are on three points, Leeds on three points, Burnley on two, and Norwich on none. Um yeah, Leeds. Let's let's put a little hustle in there. Otherwise, ugh. they have yet to win a game. I, that's and that's what I keep saying. But guys, that's that's big. At, as always, we greatly appreciate all the love and support that you provide us. JD and I see every message, every like, every comment. You guys are absolutely incredible. We are a small little podcast who are just trying to just keep our dream alive of talking about the sport that we absolutely just love to talk about um 
make sure to get involved on all of our social media platforms, especially our Instagram guys. That is basically where we're going to be doing 90% of our stuff. Uh, remember get on our Instagram on Thursday morning, or at least some port Thursday, get those fan picks in, get the fan questions in Thursdays are when we knock out those big episodes. So guys, as always, we love every single last one of you and guys until next week. Be safe, y'all. Peace out. Peace out.